In this episode, I speak with Kelly Sindrowski, co-founder of Salon Inc., one of Dubai's most loved and innovative salons. Salon Inc. was established in 2007 by Kelly and fellow Australian Sharon Anderson. Their aim was to create a salon with a strong personal approach to client relationships. Their stylists endeavor to understand not only their clients' needs, but also their lifestyle. 15 years and multiple awards later, Salon Inc. is still true to the values that have made it a Dubai institution. Personalized customer service, craftsmanship, and attention to detail. And the innovation continues. Behind the relaxing salon ambiance, the Salon Inc. team is constantly re-educating themselves and sourcing top products and talent to stay at the cutting edge of hair design. Welcome to the Rare Conversations podcast. I'm Leonie Milano, and I chat with creative entrepreneurs and business owners around the world about what it takes to start, sustain, scale, and sell a business. We talk about real-life scenarios to help you understand the path before you, to inspire your journey. I transitioned from working in film, TV, and global events to working with creative entrepreneurs through mindset coaching and mentoring. I'm on a mission to help entrepreneurs embrace the journey, understand themselves better, accelerate their growth, and get the most out of life, making sure they have a hell of a lot of fun along the way. Kelly, it is lovely to meet you and have you on my podcast. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I feel quite honored to be part of it and part of your journey. So thank you so much for having me as your guest. I wanted to firstly talk a little bit about your background. We are both in Dubai and I would like for you to give us a bit of insight into how you ended up here. Of course, I'd love to share that. Um, It's quite funny. A lot of people say to me when they meet me for the first time, they're like, oh, you're English. I'm like, actually, no, I'm Australian. And it's quite funny because I think because I've lived more than half of my life outside of Australia now than I have inside Australia. I think my my Aussie accent has slightly softened, so to speak. So if you two and I get chatting, we might um I might sound a little more Australian than I do <laughs> right now. That, that happens to me. People say I sound more Canadian and American. Oh, really? Yeah, but I've also spent so much time out of Australia now. So yeah, I know we'll, we might be really awkward by the end of this. Oh my god, I hope not. <laughs> or listening. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so um, my background, I left Australia um, when I was 23 and I obviously started my hairdressing career in Australia and left school when I was 15 and did my apprenticeship and established a really great grounding and an amazing skill set back at home. But I felt like Australia was just not going to be my forever kind of place. So I took off like a lot of Australians do and head to London Mm -hmm. and um, I got there and I spent, you know, a little bit of time. I had a really close uh, friend there that I spent some time with, but it just, it just really wasn't my vibe. I just kind of really wanted to see a little bit more of the world. So I got a job working on a a cruise ship of all things um, for a while and hairdressed um, off a cruise ship and, you know, saw a lot of the States and a lot of the Caribbean and completely fell in love with the waters there. Um, But I thought at, you know, at some point I, I had to sort of ground myself again. So 
I went back to Australia and I landed there for about nine months and was just like, I'm just not settled. And one of my closest girlfriends who happens to be English, who I met when I worked on cruise ships, she got a job in Dubai and we had a phone conversation. She was like, I've got this job in Dubai and I'm, I'm leaving and I'm heading off. And I'm like, Dubai, like where's Dubai? And she was like, the Middle East. And she was having an amazing time. She was managing a beautiful spa in in Dubai at the time. And there was a salon that was linked to the spa. And she said, look, the salon's just started. They want a really great hairdresser. Um, Are you interested? I went, yep. Two weeks later, I'd landed in Dubai. Oh, wow. That sounds like something I would do. (laughs) Yeah, very shoot from the hip. I arrived, I was hairdressing in a salon and it was amazing. It was a great way to introduce me to the country. But, you know, within nine months, I was like, this is just not enough for me. I'm I'm not going to grow in that environment. So I was offered a job to, to join a huge international color company as an educator. And then I quickly moved up to being the manager of the technical division. So I did that for almost five years, which was just an, an incredible job. I just loved it. It really taught me a lot about education and how I could use my craft into educating young hairdressers or even developing hairdressers. I worked a lot on developing the region from an educational perspective, because obviously moving here to Dubai, the beauty industry was quite huge, but also very limited in the sense of skill set and development in hairdressing. So I spent a really beautiful amount of time raising that, that industry and raising that company from an educational perspective. But a good friend of mine, uh, Sharon, who I went to school with, who I've known since I was 11 years old, I dragged her over from London to be a trainer with me in, in this company and learned then and there that we would only reach a certain potential financially and that the region was very much in need of really good hair salons. So in 2007, we decided that we were going to open a salon together and we started Salon Inc. in the beginning of, of 2007. And 15 years down the line, I still have my salon. And it's one of the best salons in Dubai. And I also want to mention for anybody who might not understand in terms of development in the region, the UAE, the United Arab Emirates, is it's only 50 years since it's become the United Arab Emirates. And in a place like Dubai, the changes that you would have seen in 15 years, just from me being here for five years, has been a lot And what you would have seen would be, I would imagine, pretty astronomical. Yeah, I mean, it it, it is. And if I I say 50 years young, not 50 years old, like we're talking 100%. And I mean, you know, for anyone that's possibly dipped in and out of Dubai in in the time that I've been here, it's just I've had friends leave and then come back going, I don't even recognise the city anymore. When I first moved here, Shakeside Road in itself, it's what, is it seven lanes each side now? This is the main highway in Dubai. Yeah, and it was like two lanes either side. I mean, there was one shopping mall when I first moved here, just one. And now we've got the world's largest shopping mall. Yeah, we've got a shopping mall with a with a ski slope in it. We've got a shopping and then, mall. And then that's a different shopping mall. <laughs> it, it is. And, you know, just the vast development of, you know, residential buildings versus, build, uh, versus businesses. I mean, even in my industry in general, 
when I opened my salon, there was probably one other business in Dubai that was literally competing with us at that point. And now you've got all these incredible other salons now that have opened with incredible business owners, incredible reputations as well. So, you know, the industry that I'm in itself has majorly grown and developed, which is a beautiful thing. I think the beauty industry, it's, I mean, look at Huda Beauty. That is just one of the biggest brands in the world. And coming from this region, what I can see is the ambition for this region is unbelievable. Even in the next 10 years, it will be so different again. Yeah. And I think Dubai definitely has this very glittery, captivating kind of reputation or feel about it. And I think obviously coming into the early stages of of its development, I have been blessed in that regard because when I first moved here, it, it was a lot harder in business to, to start a business, to develop a business. Um And even more predominantly being at that point, a single female in or or two single females, because I have to include my business partner in in, in that conversation. But it literally was like, you know, we sat at at, at her house at the time and we were just like, well, let's do this. How are we going to do this? How are we going to raise these funds? How are we going to put these plans into action. And I mean, we literally built our first salon with 300,000 dirhams, which in in this stage, in, in, in looking at, you know, the cost of our first salon versus our third salon at the cost of 3.2 million dirhams. I mean, it's just incredible just to see how the country has developed, how the building industry has developed, how, you know, the architecture, the availability of things that, that were different from when we opened our first salon to a tile that, that was so limiting to find versus these grand scale of tiles that we had available, you know, in the salon that we built five years ago. Like it's just so much has changed, so much has evolved and that development of what is available and the ease now of starting a business is so much easier than what it was 15 years ago when I started my salon. I've seen maybe about three different economy kind of crashes since I've had my business. And if it wasn't for us anchoring down and having that real personal approach and that real navigation of how we keep that client continuing to come back to us, I don't think we would have really been able to weather all of those storms. Because when crisis hits, when a government sits there and sort of looks at the country at a whole, they don't really tend to look too much at supporting the small businesses. It's more these large entities that are kind of getting that breathing space and that little bit more financial support. I think when you do decide to take that leap of faith, I think sometimes there is a delusion to, I think an entrepreneur will definitely have this excitement and this drive and I've got all these concepts and ideas. I mean, uh, me, I, I guess I would call myself an entrepreneur. I'm always full of ideas, but how you navigate that and execute it from execution through to finances I think you, know, you you do have to sit back and realise that anything that you do step forward is going to cost you money. The extent of that and the type of business that you open will depend on how much that is. But I think that realistic perspective that, you know, you do have to outlay a certain percentage of money is just 
realistic and, and logic as far as I can see from a business standpoint when you are starting out. And that requires a lot of focus and resilience and grit because it's not easy. And, and this is why people give up. I think people give up fairly quickly on their dreams. And I think that is a shame because they, I think so many people go a lot further with support systems in place. I think support is definitely a, a, a fantastic word to, to use. I know with my journey in business, if I look at myself when I started versus 15 years down the line, resilience is definitely a word that I would would say, and I'm sure any other business person that has been in business for a substantial amount of time would definitely say uh, resilience is definitely key. I was so blessed um, to have, I would say, nine solid years of, I wouldn't say not being hard work because it was. I mean, I, I own my business and I work my business as well. So I hairdress, I run a column every day. You know, I'm delivering cuts and colors every day as well as running it as a business. And I was very blessed for nine years that we were, you know, we had this beautiful success story. But unfortunately for us, um, six years ago, we lost our salon to a fire through no fault of our own. It was just a very unfortunate situation that that navigated and it could have literally just finished us as a business because at the time we had just bought out our third business partner um, who happened to be my ex-husband. So that was an adventure on its own, sort of navigating that, <laughs> that space of, you know, being in business with your husband and then obviously getting separated and divorced and then, you know, navigating that space, which is probably another question at, at hand on who you would partner with in business. But we just literally bought him out. And when we bought him out, we were probably at the strongest financial stance as a business. So he walked out with a beautiful settlement, but it made us very cash flow poor. And so we were kind of like a couple of months over that going, it's cool. We've got this. Our business is doing amazing. We're going to get through this. We're now 50% share owners of our own company. We're great at what we do. We're just, we're going to power through this. And a couple of months after that, we lost our salon. Tell me a little bit about that at that time. What, like, where were you when, when the fire happened? It just, I can't even imagine. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, it, I think it's something that you, obviously nobody ever wishes upon anyone and you never really think that anything like that's going to happen to you. But Sharon, my business partner, was on a flight to the States and she was taking uh, a month off and she'd actually retired from hairdressing at that point. She was still going to be very involved in the day-to-day -day operations of the business, but she was retiring from hairdressing. And so she was off and... And so it was a Saturday and I was, I was working on that day and it was, it happened to be about three o'clock in the afternoon. And I was, um, I can't even, I've got to think where I was at the time, but one of my, one of my staff came and said, oh, Kelly, there's a, a little bit of smoke coming out of, out of the ceiling in the kitchen. And, and I went in and had a little bit of a look and being a daughter of an electrical engineer, I kind of know a little bit about electrics and mm. I kind of walked and in. And that's and a I, different smell too, isn't it? An electrical fire. There, there wasn't a smell at that point, but I, I could just see this tiny little bit of trickling of very 
dark smoke coming out of the ceiling and I was like, yeah. I just got cold shivers. That doesn't look cool. So I called my AC guy because he'd been doing some work in our ceiling the day before and I thought maybe there was something left in there or something. So I got him on the phone and just said, hey, Marco, this is what I'm seeing. And he's like, Kel, that doesn't seem right. I got reception to call down to the centre to tell them what was going on and then walked into the main salon, cut the power and said, I need everyone to evacuate basically. So we had 35 people between clients and staff. And by the time I'd kind of like got everyone out of the salon, got downstairs to safety, I thought to myself, I need to go back in. I just spiritually something just sort of said, you're going to be fine. You're okay. Ran back up. I got back in time just enough to get all of our paperwork out of our office all of our laptops and all of the hard drives that we had that was backed up to our whole computer system. And by the time I'd done that and walked out of the salon, I could literally not see anything that was in front of me. So, I mean, yeah, it was, it, it was, it was an experience definitely that will probably stay with me for a very long time, but obviously with really quick thinking, which I quite am, you know, and I'm definitely the right person to be, next to when a crisis happens because I'm very quick thinking and I'm a very logical thinker. Um, But if it wasn't for for me basically, you know, very quick thinking with paperwork and documents, that would have actually created a massive issue for us afterwards because every department that I went to, I needed my trade licence. I needed all of our terms and conditions and all all of our, you know, signed documents that we have with our local service agent. None of it was online then, was it? nothing in in retrospect and in addition to that we were uh, with my very quick thinking within 48 hours my villa at home was set up as salon inc hq all of our all of these laptops set set up with an, our entire database all of our phone lines were transferred to mobile so we were literally taking phone calls within less than 48 hours that was the easy part the more challenging part was There was no governing laws in Dubai that allowed me to trade as Salon Inc. in another premises along with all of my staff because the laws then, six years ago, you were licensed to that location and your staff were also licensed to that location. Hey, everyone. I'm excited to jump in here and let you know about my upcoming program for 2022. People say knowledge is power. But that's not entirely true. If you do nothing with that knowledge, it's worthless. If you implement it, you become unstoppable. Creating your own business takes work, commitment, dedication to getting tasks done, working through the frustrations when you realize it's more than you thought and you feel like you're always on the verge of quitting. The easy thing to do is give up, but that just perpetuates a cycle because when there is something you can't stop thinking about, something that you really want to create, you'll never be able to shake it. What we're not taught in school is how our brain actually works. It is so hardwired with our individual beliefs based on our own life experiences that it takes the utmost awareness to know what you need to do differently to achieve your goals. This is the single biggest thing that can be the deciding factor on how well you live your life. When you're starting a new business, there are stages you need to go through. Analysis, planning, testing, strategizing, taking action in tandem with accountability and support, etc. This is what I help my clients with. 
In my 10-week program, I'll take you from being stuck and not knowing how to grow to getting clarity and confidence that will get you to the next level. We'll make sure your niche, target market, offer, and strategy is solid by implementing systems and a step-by-step action plan to strengthen your foundation that will allow you to grow faster than you could have imagined. You'll gain clarity and confidence with every step, not ever having to return to where you were ever again. I work with a limited number of clients at any time, and to really help you, it needs to be a mutually beneficial fit. This is for someone serious about their growth, for someone who's tired of just getting by to having a healthy business that actually makes money. If this sounds like something you're interested in, send me an email to hello at leonimilano.com. That's L-E-O-N-I-M-I-L-A-N-O.com with the word apply and we can jump on a call to see if this works. If you can tell me one thing that you got out of this episode, I'll add an exclusive bonus. Now let's get back to the episode. So I literally had to spend a lot of time sort of going into all these departments and basically getting three separate departments to communicate with each other to understand the situation that that we were in that would allow us to rent a space so that we could continue to, to, you know, have our clients see us until we built another salon. So, yeah, it was, um, it was an interesting journey and I would probably say that that was one of our downs. I'm, ex- I'm exhausted just listening to that. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, but also, wow, your, your ability to just have a straight head during that. I don't know that a lot of people would. Yeah, I I think people would fold during that. It would be a really big deal and you kind of just kept soldiering on. Yeah, I did. My parents were really hard workers and, you know, seeing my parents navigate that space. And I think as Australians, we're known as like little Aussie battlers. I think that is just obviously a natural thing that I have inside of me. But not only that, I think one of the important things is at that point I had 27 staff looking up to me and relying on me, I didn't have any other choice but to keep soldiering on and to keep moving forward and be resilient. And I'm really proud of that. And what a thing to fight for as well, though. Yeah. My business partner, Sharon, and I built that from the ground up. We started it with three of us and within nine months, we were a team of 16. So that was something that we had to keep pushing forward for. So there was just no, there was no question we were going to step forward and we were going to get to that next phase. So, and we did 10 months later, we had a, another salon and I can't say it was easy in any capacity, but we did. And I think our third salon is probably one of our best. It's our best work that, that we put into it because it probably encompasses everything that, that we've become on that 10 year journey before. Of course. What an incredible journey. And over the years, what would you see as being really critical alongside of having the grit and resilience? What else would you say is really something important for people when they're starting businesses? Because I don't think anybody understands what it takes going into it. Taking that leap in, you can't just stop and start whenever you feel like it. You definitely can't. And I think looking at my journey, you know, as a person and as a business owner, 
there's, I mean, there are two separate entities to, to that, but they do collectively come together. I would probably say if I look at my industry first, if I answer that question with my industry first, I think one of the the things that has made us as resilient as we have and has kept our reputation really strong and kept our business really strong is I'm in the business that I know. So, you know, I'm I'm on the ground level with my team. So I'm there with them every single day, grafting with them. I believe I'm very good at what I do. So having a boss that understands their daily struggles on a daily basis, how they're feeling um, is really important. And my type of business is very personal. It can be very emotional at times because we deal with emotions on a daily basis. So having a boss that understands that to be able to navigate that space and with, dare I say- Can you talk a little bit about that? What, What that means? Like, is that from the customer side? Because with that comes females' attachment to their hair. They're really, it's a part of their identity. It is. It's a tough gig, actually. And I think hairdressing has never held the same value as a profession as what a, a lot of other professions have. Our business is so challenging. We're alchemists, we're chemists, we're spiritualists, we're psychologists. Um, we're, we're teachers, we're empaths, you know, and even these days we, we have to be photographers because every part of our business now is navigated on social media, which is imagery. So it's huge. And then you have your end consumer, your client that is a female. And the female these days has become a lot more educated about her hair, about colour, about cuts, about the industry In addition to that, our world is a lot more fast-paced, so people want things more available. They want to go from black to blonde in in one visit and and have yeah, like the Kim Kardashian scenario that happened quite a few years ago that everyone thought that Kim went from black to being like platinum blonde overnight, which wasn't a realistic perspective. When you're wanting a particular colour that you've seen on some famous person's Instagram account, like what's going on with your hair at the moment? What's underneath it? What's the condition of it? You know, there's so many things that that come into play with our job. As a business owner, I've had to step up my game even to the next level. So for the past year and a half, I've been taking different levels in emotional intelligence courses. It's phenomenal. And I can tell any business owner was the best thing I ever did for myself personally. So me being more in check with my emotions and understanding myself emotionally, then allowed me to then navigate that space with my staff, handling their emotions, and then in turn, helping them support themselves with a client and an end consumer and their emotions. So that would also be something that I would suggest as a business owner People going into business thinking, yeah, I've got this great skill set. Yes, I do. But that's not the only thing that's going to help me get to that next level. I have to look at the market that I'm dealing with. I have to look at the staff that I'm dealing with, how things develop from a psychological perspective. You know, COVID's a perfect example of that. The end consumer that we have had in our chair now is a totally different client. And 
being able to navigate that emotionally, having that skill set. I just think the biggest success stories in my industry is definitely knowing the business a lot more and understanding it. For people that aren't in that same industry, be passionate about what you do because if the passion isn't there, it would just become a hobby. A a client of mine who's become a friend of mine, um, Michelle and Bill, they own an extremely successful pizza business in Dubai. And pizza was a passion project for them. And they both had these incredible corporate jobs and they took this passion that they had for pizza and developed it into this incredible business that has just skyrocketed to be one of the best pizza businesses in Dubai. So for me, they didn't know the first thing about a pizza business, but the fact that they were so passionate about it and then you know, obviously learnt along the way, they've established this incredible business for themselves. Passion amazing. is definitely up there. And, you know, that is so amazing that you are, that you took that upon yourself to learn about emotional intel- intelligence because these soft skills, I don't know why they're called soft skills, they are anything but they are so required. It's so missing from so it many is. businesses and they struggle and they they're not connected to the people they don't their customers they don't understand what's going on but they also sometimes don't know that they don't know that and no, they can change their business dramatically by tapping into that a hundred percent and i think that's a really good segue to when it comes to cost of a business I'm very much in touch with the accountancy side to my business. So I do all of the inputs to my business, but then my accountant will then come in and balance. And I think being so personally involved in my business on a daily basis, I'm then very personally involved with my staff. And by doing that, I don't have a staff, a high staff turnover. I've got staff that have been with me for 12 years, 10 years. Just developing them from a a professional perspective is not enough anymore. You're developing people's minds and you're developing their mental health in these environments. And if you're not taking care of that and nurturing that, you're going to lose staff to other businesses and that's going to hit your bottom line massively. It's one of the most important things. We look at the awareness and staff are leaving all the time. You have to look at that. I know some people say, oh, I'm so frustrated at my staff. And the first thing I ask is, well, have you set them up for success? What does their journey look like? And if I could share a very personal part of my journey with you, I think, you know, as a, as a business person, I think you have to step back and look at yourself as a whole. And I had to do that Um I'd probably say it it kind of started to happen pre-COVID, but I dropped the ball. And just a human thing (laughs) to do. 100%. You know, as I say to my staff, you know, when when things are going on in their life, we're not robots. We're humans. We're designed to have flaws because that's how we learn and we grow as people, hopefully. Um, But I did. And I think, you know, we, we were three, three years into our salon and I don't think I realized the trauma of what I went through with losing the salon very much started to affect me. And I had tapped out because I was physically, mentally, and emotionally exhausted. And that told a tale to 
how my business changed. I wasn't showing up for my team. I wasn't connected because I was tapped out. And I had to sit back and really just evaluate why things were changing, why my staff's attitudes had changed. And I realized then and there that I built my business on the strength of myself, on my character, of my skill set, of what I was feeding my staff. And I wasn't feeding them because I wasn't feeding myself and I wasn't taking care of myself. I had to take a step back and have a look at what's going on with you and and your mental health and and where you're sat and, and where you want this to go because you have this stunning new salon. You have these amazing staff that, you know, you, you definitely supported and navigated through a really difficult time, but they also were there for you through a really difficult time. So what are you going to do with that? And that was probably a really challenging time for me as a person and as a business owner. And I had to step back and go, okay, what do you need to do to get yourself back in track? So I I then looked at myself emotionally and how I was handling things, which weren't in the most practical or sensible way. I'd become extremely emotional. I'd become very shoot from the hip um, through stress. And so that's when I kind of started to look at myself emotionally and go, hey, where's your emotional intelligence here? How did you get that awareness though? Because I, I think people, they just struggle through. There's the fight or flight, the survival mode of getting through each day, but that will only carry you so far. At what point, what was it that, that made you sit up and just say, I can't keep going this way. It's not feasible for my business. I was being very reactive um, and I probably wasn't sleeping the best at that point in time as well. And I just, my whole health was just not in its, in its right place. I'm really strong and resilient, but you need to catch your breath. There are some people that walk around the planet that have no idea how they're affecting people and what their behavior is doing. And I don't want to be one of those people with your people. You need to understand what they go through on a, on a daily basis. And especially in this climate that we're in, I mean, it's, it's so unnerving. It's so unbalanced. It's so ever changing and evolving. I mean, every day we're getting a different narrative about COVID and these rules and regulations. It, it, it unhinges people. And I just think one of those big, biggest things is to strive to be better for your team and to show up for your team. And it's been my biggest success story for 2021. And I'm so unbelievably proud of my achievements just this year because I well, you showed up for yourself first and foremost and that's a really big thing and something really hard for a lot of people yeah and I think making sure as a business leader you're taking care of your mental health you're taking care of yourself you're showing up for yourself first because if that isn't in check nothing else is going to fall into place for anything in your life and you're literally going to be scrambling all over the place and being completely unorganized in your business. And would you open up any other salons? I am very interested in developing um, the future of saloning. That's all I can say right now. What would you say to women out there who question themselves a lot? Oh, we do 
on a daily basis. I think women need to trust themselves a lot more because we are designed with strength, power, nurturing, empathy, resilience, all of these beautiful qualities that it takes to hold space and hold power in whether you are a CEO of a, of a company or whether you own your own business. We have these skills that are naturally designed in us as a woman. And I think when we step into ourselves and we understand that, I think we need to trust that power a lot more and that ability that we know that whatever comes near us, we're going to be able to handle it. I think one of the most important things that I've learned probably a little bit later in my life, being the type of personality that I am, that having quality people rather than quantity of people around you is just imperative, imperative. And I've always been this highly social person, which I still am. But for me, the type of people that surround you is what is going to help elevate you to whatever next phase that you go through. One of those quotes that um, that is said, you know, behind every, uh, is it every strong man is a powerful woman or something? It yes, lends but I know there's the female one of that. Behind every powerful female is, is a tribe of women behind her, helping yeah. and supporting her. And I think, you know, I, I, I'm in that stage in my life now where I have these beautiful, intelligent, spiritual, strong women surrounding me only wanting the best for me. And I think as women, when we come together truly, respectfully and honourably with values and principles, nothing can stop us women from sitting in our power. Mm. And supporting each other because you know, there's that competition side of it. It doesn't make any sense to have that mentality because we don't need to, we don't need to be doing that to each other. We can be right beside each other and pull each other up. And that's the only way forward, I think. It is. And I think, you know, looking at dealing with women every day, I'm probably in a slightly more educated position to say that I think when women become competitive with each other. There is something going on inside that needs to be adjusted and needs to be looked at and needs to be fixed. And I think 100%. when you look yourself in the mirror and know that there is an issue there and wanting to fix it and adjust it, I think you only truly then come into your power as a woman and be able to empower other women and support other women. When we have things quite challenged anyway, you know, as women. And I think, you know, you rightly said. Don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> why make things more complicated for ourselves than we have to? So I agree. I concur. Kelly, thank you so much. This has been such a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for having me. I hope that what I've learned in, in my journey and my time in business and just in life in general, that whoever's listening, um, that I've been of some help and that my words and my experience will help somebody just power on and just go, hey, I'm going to do this. So thank you for having me. Thank you. And I'll speak to you soon. You've just finished listening to an episode of Rare Conversations. 
If you enjoyed today's episode, I'd love for you to leave a review and share it with a friend who you think would be interested in this topic. And if you have a business question, please send it in to us. We may very well answer it in our next episode. So be sure to tag me on social media at Leonie Milano. The show notes and other information can be found on our website at www.leonimilano.com. Thank you again for listening and we look forward to having you back with us again soon.